Welcome to Inspired Men Talk for solution-focused therapists born in four different decades who openly and honestly discuss their perspectives on the issues surrounding men's mental health. The things that stigma say we don't talk about. Hello and welcome to this episode of Inspired Men Talk. And this episode, we're going to talk about the C word. Yes, Christmas. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> it's, it's looming. It's looming fast. And it's interesting how much we're already talking about what Christmas is, what it does for us, how it makes us feel. And actually, as a mental health professional, we see lots of different aspects of it. But on our podcast, as you'll know, we've got four guys from four different generations. So it'll be interesting to see how Christmas, what impact it has on their lives. So this episode, we're talking about Christmas and the impact, the pressure that Christmas can add to the weight of being uh, something we have to celebrate, even if we don't want to sometimes. So welcome, everyone. Hello. Welcome, guys. Hello, hello. Gary, I mean, I know you've been around a long time. Have you ever met Father Christmas? Because he's probably from your generation, <laughs> isn't he? You know? I, I have. I have. I actually have got photographic evidence as well. Um, <clears throat> my grandchildren absolutely believe I'm a mate of Father Christmases. Because about two years ago, I think it was two, it might have been three, I was in hospital this time of year, just a little bit, a little bit later, like the week before Christmas, I was in hospital, I was taken ill. And the guy in the bed opposite had a big white beard, bald head, he looked just like Santa. And then when he was allowed to get out of bed, he put a red robe on <laughs> with with white bits. <laughs> and it looked like a Santa's cloak. And I actually made him take fo- let me take fo- photos and selfies. Um, and he loved doing it. And I sent them to the grandchildren and I said, you know, Santa's slipped on the ice in the North Pole and he's got a bad leg because <laughs> he had a crutch. And they actually believe, they truly believe, this guy, he could have been in any film. He looked just like Santa Claus. So I have got photographic evidence that I know and I've actually been in hospital with Santa in December. Fair enough. <laughs> I like it. I like it. So, yeah, there is a Santa. So don't ever tell me there's no Santa. Mm-hmm. Excellent. So I'd like to get in. We've got no specific questions as usual, but I'd like anybody, one of you guys, to talk about what Christmas is for you. But actually, if there's anything what puts you under an undue pressure because it's Christmas. I mean, I love Christmas. I absolutely love it. I love being with family. I love just the excitement of Christmas morning. I guess that comes from, you know, growing up as a kid, it was always a big deal for us Christmas Day um, and coming down and all getting around the coal fire and doing presents and and just having a great time in the morning. And then obviously you go see the family or you all go out as a, as a big family for somewhere to eat if you're not cooking it. Um, so I love the vibe, the feel of Christmas, but you're right. It causes a, a lot of stress at the same time. And that's around the financial impact of trying to buy presents. Uh, and thinking about, you know, how do I afford getting people presents? And importantly, I, there's always a, an element of it, I guess, you know, you don't want to let your other half down, or I certainly feel like that, and by getting them something that's really naff or shit, 
And then you're like, oh, and upsetting him and it becomes a bit of an issue. So I guess you always kind of feel like you've got to push the boat out that extra little bit and and make something special out of it. But that comes with a financial cost. Do do you find that each year there's an escalation of that because of what you did last year? Almost, yeah. Yeah, it can be. You've either got to match it or it goes up. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it's interesting you say that because it's... I think everybody definitely feels that pressure. And it's not even necessarily financial. I think it's also just the, not even when you look at the money, it is just that making sure that you get that right thing. And the stress of that alone is sometimes enough. Um, but in reality, I don't think I've ever been ungrateful for being on the other side of it. Even if it is a bit shit, it doesn't really matter. So we put that stress on ourselves for no real reason. And it's particularly with our closest loved ones that we do that, knowing full well that our closest loved ones don't really care. Mm. And, you know, so it's why we put that stress on ourselves and that pressure on ourselves is unknown because we've all had shit presents sometimes at some point. We've all had a shit present. We don't make a big deal out of it. Well, I certainly don't. I'm sure there's some people that do. But, you know, so where is this pressure coming from? You know, why do we do it to ourselves? I think I think it comes back to you want you use that time to show those people what they mean to you. And that's, I think really that's important. It. I think that's really important, you know. So what and, you say, what what I'm hearing is and generally we're using physical gifting to show our the amount of love or care or respect we have for someone and if that physical thing isn't big enough we don't care well i mean that's clearly not true is it and no but that's what what seems but that's what what we do ourselves yeah yeah Yeah. i think that's it as well though you know i i know for me definitely it's that driving side to make them happy to make them feel like you know you do care I'm, I look for gifts and I take ages trying to find gifts because I want to find something that's right for them, but equally that shows like me what's inside that I care about them and that they are special to me. Peter, you've got a great deal of Irish um, yes. historic, you know, <clears throat> you know, genetics or whatever history. You, you've got family in Ireland. I don't know how to say it properly. Sorry, <laughs> I lost the I lost the words. But is it different? Um, it yeah. I mean, I have a huge extended family, mm. and I mean, at one point, so I've got loads of cousins. They're all married. They've got kids, and at one point. Christmas was just a, it was like a credit card because you were spending so much money and there'd be, you know, maybe 10 or 12 of us around the table having, having Christmas dinner. So you, you were buying for everyone that was around the table and then you were buying for the people that weren't there as well. And that's before I would go to even a partner. So, you know, that's just the family side of things. Um, and then we, we put a cap on it. So we said, you know, there's a 25 pound limit. But even that can kind of become a big, a big issue still. Because I'm talking Soon about, up. yeah, Soon it really, up. it really becomes does a, becomes a mortgage. Yeah, it's it's huge because it's you, you're talking somewhere in the region of about 30, 40, sometimes even fifty people, depending on who's coming round. Wow. Um, yeah. Fifty people. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's mental. It's mental. 
Um, and, you know, at some point I had, you know, a, a massive disposable income and it was never really, it was never an issue for me. But then as, as my disposable income, you know, with the cost of living and stuff like that becomes less and less, it starts to become an issue. Um, and, and I think this year's, this year's been a big one because we've got family that have got kids now and one of my cousins is pregnant with twins. Um, and it's it's putting a huge financial uh, issue across it, you know. Yeah. Um, and that's before you're talking about the food and and all the other things that you have to do around Christmas. Um, so it's so, it, it's from a financial perspective, it puts a huge kind of burden on you. Do Do you um, think it's changed over the decades? Because I come from a big family as well. I'm one of nine, and I remember growing up. You know, we were poor, and I mean most of my Christmas gifts were second-hand gifts, you know, and, yeah. you know, it's something I talk about a lot, and then, oh, here it goes again. But literally, I'd get second-hand manuals that were already written in and things like that. And I guess there was a little bit of, oh, you know, but actually nobody complained. We all sort of made the best. It was being together and everything else. And it was, you know, we, we, we ate well. But that was the main thing. We all ate well. We had amazing food um, and things like that, and we were together. And, you know, big family, we always had a good fight somewhere along that mm. Christmas period. There was always an argument <laughs> because, you know, that happens. But it was Christmas was, again, that old-fashioned, you know, is getting together. And I think my mum was very good at that. But now I think if I gave somebody a second-hand present because that's all I could afford and it was me doing my absolute best, I don't know if I'd feel good about giving something. Mm. So I'm now made to feel bad if I can't gift well. If I'm yeah. going, listen, I've got nothing to give you, but can I give you a hug? It's like, well, that's worthless. And maybe they'd love that, but I'd feel like I was worthless. So the pressure's on me. Yeah, and I think that goes back to what we were saying earlier with Ben, that we build this expectation up that we have to do this, but in reality, like you said, for them that might be that might be what they want. That might be enough, but it is you build it on yourself. It's a, I think giving is about how it makes you feel. Well, it's supposed to be. It's about how it makes. Well, you know, and but it's you don't feel you don't get the right feeling if you're not giving enough. So, but, I'm gonna. I've got a question for you, Chris. And I always think about this from, from looking at my mum and dad and looking at how crazy Christmases went. What's the pressure like having kids to make sure they have a good Christmas, to have the, have the presents that they want? You know, they write their letter to Santa, don't they? And, yeah, and yeah. You, you, then there's that added expectation that you've got to get that stuff for them. Yeah, it, there is. Um, I mean, it is difficult, you know. You know, I've got three children. So, again, if we're going to talk about the financial side of things, that gets expensive, you know. Why? Um, well, that's it. Why it's you've got to look at how much you can spend, how much you can afford to spend, and then you've got to spread that across. But then you've got to make sure that you're balancing it so they're all getting the same value from it and things like that. And those are the stresses that I find you, you end up putting yourself under. I mean, I've been a dad now for 12 years, so I've got more to the point now where actually a lot of that stuff doesn't matter. It's about getting them what's right for them and about getting them what's going to make them happy and get pleasure out of it it's not about weighing up the scales if you like but but it is a big pressure you know in making sure they have 
a good Christmas. You you don't want any of them to be disappointed. But, but, and you, I think you fantasize Christmas, especially when you've got kids, about what you used to have when you was a kid. I think you fantasize this tradition and this feeling that you used to have, and you want to try and match that. But actually, that is something that happens it, naturally. It, it's personal, it, and you can't bring this fantasy of what you remember because it's completely different. I can't tell you what I got for Christmas when I was nine years old. I cannot tell you what I got for Christmas, but I can remember how I felt at Christmas when I was a kid. So that's in, what I've come to learn as I've got as much interesting. Older. I, it's interesting because I've been so... I've got three children, as you all know, and I, some years we've been so broke, all of the Christmas presents have come from the pound shop, and they love them. Luckily, they can't remember what they got, and I don't know if your children, Christopher, got pound shop presents, whether they'd be happy because they will be comparing themselves to everything else they see. Sorry, Peter, I jumped in on you. No, you're fine, because I, 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 I wanted to kind of I go on to that point there. There was something that I saw a little while back where someone, and it, and I used to get it as well as a kid. I used to get tangerines in a stocking. Mm. That was that was kind of a thing. Yeah. And yes, mate. <clears throat> yes. And I and I saw a thing where someone said that they were for their younger kids, sort of like under fives, they would wrap up food, bananas, yeah. so yeah. they could tear the wrapping, you know, or cereal, yeah. Yeah. and. Those kids, you saw them opening those presents but, and they were just as excited as if they'd got an iPad because it meant, you know, it was a gift. So, and I think we, we've com- Christmas has become so commercial that we've forgotten that. Yeah. Have we forgotten? Because I remember, and I said, I, I come from a big family, we're very poor. We got tangerines, you know, yeah. and, and we got nuts. We had to use nutcrackers yeah. or, or mostly yeah. the hammer because the nutcrackers, yeah. nobody could bloody find you them after use. the first day and nobody could crack them <laughs> up, particularly Brazil nuts. You couldn't crack a Brazil nut. you get yeah. a hammer on it. God, but they're yeah. available all the time. So yeah. having things like – we all remember the packet of figs. Yeah. In this the, is stirring so many emotions in my yeah. body, like <laughs> thinking of this. It's like taking me right back to my childhood. The, 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 lock, the long box with the plastic yeah. fork thing inside when you opened them. <laughs> we all got that, but it was exciting. Now, if you bought nuts and a nutcracker for kids, they look at you. What, what are they? Yeah. <laughs> you know, where do they come from? I'm not cracking them. Who do you think I am? I'm not opening them myself. I don't know. I think that's a bit cynical of you. I think I think there's probably something. You can't buy like them that. hardly. Well, the thing is you can buy you can buy them. You can buy them all year round. There's nothing special about them anymore. I think that's the difference <laughs> yeah. there. Um, you know, and uh, yeah, I think you're being a little bit cynical, but I think you may be right in some ways. I mean, there is one pressure that parents now that you guys won't have experience that really is a pressure around Christmas time. And that's the bloody elf on the shelf. <laughs> the, <laughs> yeah. That bloody thing is probably the bane of most parents' <laughs> lives nowadays because you have to do it. You have to absolutely do it. You have to be part of it because every other child at school is talking about what their elf did yesterday and what and everything. So the elf has to come to your house every year and every year, the elf has to think of something different to do every morning. And they can't you know. do what they did last year. Mm. No, no, they have to. it has to be new and inventive. You know, the elf has to be on the yeah. ball every day. 
Um, and that's a pressure. That's a big pressure because it you it's just another thing while you've got everything so, else to so, to do. So it's, when do they grow out of that? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> He's hoping so, it's soon. <laughs> so, but the problem you've got, if you've got a 12-year-old, she might grow out of it in the next year or two, but you've also got a seven-year-old. Yeah. So yeah. it's going to have to keep going until the youngest one decides you can stop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's blackmail. It's ransom. That's what it is. <laughs> that that has a lot of commercial pressure, though, as well. Oh, my, it does. My burger alarm company is emailed to give us an update to say, we're going to add the elf Santa thing to the burger alarm system. So it'll take pictures when you disarm it with an elf and this, that and the other. And I'm like, Christ, how far do people go for this at Christmas? You know? Oh, and it is. And I think because you've got the social media side, I mean, I've got a 12 year old. So she's got small amount of social media um, to her access. So, yeah, that comparison thing, whether it's gifts, whether it's elf antics whether it's the way your house is decorated the food you're serving at christmas the clothes that you've got to wear you know it's all comparable now food. and i think that's a big pressure food's a big pressure because well kids don't bloody eat food nowadays when i was a kid you ate christmas dinner was amazing it was the it was the big dinner of the year and you ate everything yeah um now it's like i don't eat that i don't eat that i don't eat that can we go to mcdonald's it's christmas day and I don't think that's the same as it was. I, maybe I'm just rose-tinted glasses the whole time, but I know that, you know, we we have a, you know, we we had a saying, my mum had a saying, you like it or lump it, that's mm. all there is, you know. But, and, and I think there's it. a big shift, though, because I think, you know, if we look at Christmas in reality, it came from sort of a religious perspective, didn't it? And it, and it was, yeah. you know, that's a massive shift in today's society. Yeah. You know, religion formed the undercurrent of everything many yes. years ago. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, you, you were born, you were baptised, you were either Christian, you know, Church of England or Catholic or all that. But now we've gone so widespread. And I think people have, a lot of people have moved away from religion. So it's changed yeah. feeling the vibe yeah. for yeah. Christmas. Uh, Absolutely. And I, and that does grind with me a little bit because it's like, well, you can have a present if you can tell me why we're having this stuff. And most people now don't understand mm. the symbolism. And I'm not particularly religious at all, but we were, we understood what it was about. Now it's just a holiday season. Yeah. I, I feel like, I mean, that's each everybody's opinion, but I feel like getting bitter about that isn't the right thing. I think, as long as people are taking a positive view on what Christmas means to them, I don't see the problem. You know, I mean, I yeah, you're right. It, it, the religion is what started Christmas, and that that should always be remembered. But as long as people are taking using a positive aspect to bring that time of year to them, then I don't think there's an issue with that. Whether it's religion, whether it's um, family or whatever, whatever it may be. I mean, as long as it's a positive event, I don't think that matters. I don't think we should get hung up on what it was and what it should be. I think it's let it be what people want it to be and let them make it their own. If, as long as it's a positive experience for them, you know. I mean, we can talk about Santa Claus being a big commercialised issue, but actually that's however you want to look at it. I saw something um, not long ago about a dad telling um, his son the truth about Santa. 
talking about Santa yeah. Claus. Yeah. And it was really good. It was really good. It was basically, it was. to get to the gist of it, because it was quite long, um, it was basically telling you, okay, the truth is there is a Santa, but it's not a person. It's an act of mm-hmm. giving without needing the, the thanks, without needing the recognition yeah. for giving. It's the act of giving without expectation. And I don't know and if that's, that's still what the centre is. And I, I and I think that's what's lost. Yeah, well, it you might be right. Yeah, it, it seems to be that that that's been that message has been pumped around because I've seen that message yes. a lot this year as well, and yeah. I think it is trying to get people back to understand that. But it's funny because I was thinking you you talked a lot there. I think you said the word positive about a hundred times <laughs> when you were talking there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and I think about when I go to family Christmas, I, I live on my own and I'm very comfortable living on my own. I'm an only child just for background. So I've always been used to having my own company. And I actually find spending time with family quite difficult because mm. some people, some people are great and, and I love spending time with them and others are there to cause almost an argument to start a row that's called family isn't it i think so yeah it's just it's really weird but it, you know you sit there as, as a as a single person living by myself yeah. having a house where people are just shouting and screaming at each other is really stressful it's really kind of just makes me want to get up and leave and unfortunately i don't have a car so mm. i'm stuck at someone's house mm. so it becomes a different kind of stress. So I, uh, you know, Christmas for me doesn't always necessarily be positive when it's when it's around family, and I think that's a regular thing because a lot of people will talk about how they don't like spending time with their family. So One of our busiest days of the year, Christmas, when I was in the police, Christmas morning, yeah. it'd be really common to be going to fights and domestics yeah. and arresting people on Christmas Day, and you think, Christ, well, what's gone wrong? You know, like your Christmas is going to be spent in a in a cell. But I don't think that changed over decades. Because you just put a lot of people who, uh, you know, just create tension. But just to flip this a little bit, because, you know, I think we've all agreed that we like Christmas when it's done right. It's following what Ben said, it's a really difficult time of year for lots of people. And I was having a discussion last week. There was something like one of the charities was... I think it was a Salvation Army, something like that. We're going donate money so we can feed people at Christmas, and I, I and it's like, would you? And I said to someone, would you donate? And they went, no. And I'm like, I tell you what, if I didn't have the parental expectations on me, I'd go and work in a food kitchen on Christmas Day and feed as many people as I can. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm never one for giving money. I like to be honest with that, but I'll give time and energy and food and anything I can. But how many people, how many of you would actually put yourself, you know, give up your Christmas to make somebody who couldn't have a Christmas because they were homeless or because they were poor or because their families were suffering? Who would, you know, maybe even open your doors? But, you know, is that... giving up a lot of my Christmases over my years. Is that because you've been working? Working by choice, though. So... Christmas time, it comes down to a select, you have a certain number of people that are required to work to meet the stat- minimum requirements. Yeah. Um, but I've always viewed it as I don't have kids. So I, I would work because it would mean that other members of your team would have the opportunity to spend their time at home with their family. Um, because for me, I, I can afford to do that because, yeah. it, you know, I think that's more important for them 
Mm. Um, and it, it, you're right, it's a really difficult time. And it's probably, I always feel like, whether, it, you know, the police or I'm volunteering on the ambulance, this time of year in Christmas can be a real lonely and sad time for people, mm. particularly those elderly people who live in their little house still, you know, but their family they don't have. Mm. Their family's gone or they didn't have kids, so that they're on their own. And it, it is a sad time. Or they've been I, disassociated from their family mm, for yeah. whatever, one of those yeah. previous feuds at Christmas. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think we look a lot of, on other people on our own expectations and our own feelings. So it, I think we do a lot of that. I mean, some of these people may be happy doing what they do. I mean, Peter, you've already said, actually, sometimes you'd rather just be at home on your own, you know. Yeah. So it, I think it's unfair to – I think we put a lot of – this is how you should feel on Christmas and this is what you should do on Christmas. And if you're not doing it, there's something wrong with you and we need to come and help you. And I think there's a lot of that. And then I think actually people do get caught up in that side of things. And that's why they feel extra lonely at Christmas because it's thrown at them so much that they're doing it wrong or that they're, they are on their own. It's, you know, it, it, everything around it is, is reminding them uh, that the fact that they haven't got what everybody else has got. So think, I think that makes it difficult. Do you think that relates a lot to where their current state of mental health is? I remember when when I was a kid and my my nan died in September, um, and I remember my dad used to get upset at Christmas because his mum wasn't there, and, yeah, and that used to, and that used to spin me out a little bit, as in I didn't understand. You know, I was young, yeah. you know, but this was a grown man being upset that his mum wasn't there and you know but I actually now know with the experience and the knowledge and the therapy knowledge I have is actually he was as stressed as anybody I've probably ever worked with if I'd known then what I know now you know he was in a you know really anxiety riddled world what he'd created himself so he, he didn't have a lot of capacity. So at Christmas, he found something to hang that anxiety on. Yeah, I think that's quite common it, because it's it, because it's such an event and it always was such an event. When someone is then missing from that, mm. it, it it compounds. So it doesn't, you know, it's not just, oh, we've got a Christmas. It's we've got a Christmas without. And it's always that, you know, that person's not there. That person's not there. And if you come from a family like I do, someone's doing something. So my aunt generally does the cooking, you know, mm. but someone's doing something. And if that person's missing, well, then someone's got to pick up the stuff that they weren't doing. Um, or you go as without. Well as, yeah, or you go without. So as yeah. well as missing them, you put extra pressure on yourself to kind of make Christmas special. Mm. And it's just it was just such a common term. We've got to have a good Christmas. It must be special. It must be special. Um and I think we do add that extra pressure to ourselves, and, and especially when people are missing from our lives. I've got a question for everyone. Here. I've got a question for everybody. What are your responsibilities for Christmas? What you, what do you do? What I mean, you, Peter, you've always said you go and spend time with family, but what what do you do at Christmas, and what are your responsibilities? I'm what quite luscious. Yeah, I'm. I'm. What are my What are my responsibilities for Christmas dinner? It used to be that I would bring the wine and I would bring it or the, the the champagne and I would bring a case of Laurent Perrier rosé for us all to sit around and drink. And that was it. So that you, was call, you, you were the cause of the fights. 
<laughs> no, no, because the fight started before I even got there. Um, and to be fair, once the champagne started to go, the fights all died down because everybody uh, had right. a drink in hand. Um, but yeah, no, I was quite lucky in that 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 my responsibility was quite low until afterwards. So I'd then do the cleaning up. Um, you know, I'd be part of the the cleaning up team. So the, the women would cook the food and then the men would do the cleaning up. But what expectations of pressure is there on you? Like, like Christmas is coming. Well, you've got to show up for a start. Yeah, mm. I think I think that's the one. But is that it? That and don't get involved in the fights. <laughs> and sometimes that can be, but sometimes that can be really, really hard. You know, I remember, I remember one year, one of my uncles, he just, he just got upset that someone else was coming because he didn't particularly like that individual, and they were only coming for the meal, and they came for the meal, and he was. Before they'd arrived, he was just in a really foul mood about this individual being there. And it was like, well, you're going to ruin everyone's Christmas just because this guy's joining us for food. So, you know, sometimes just not being involved in the fight is a huge expectation. Um, and but that, mostly you just have to turn up. and Yeah, mostly just Christ, turn up. Your Christmas is sorted. Pretty much. Wow. Pretty much. But he has yeah, to turn up. He has, has to, to turn up. up. Yeah. So is that, is, in all seriousness, is that? Is that a pressure, an expectation that you wish you didn't necessarily have? Do you know what? Sometimes I did exactly what Ben did and what Ben was talking about. So I worked in the security industry and it was a 24-7 thing. And if there were people with kids, I would give them the day off and I would volunteer and do overtime so that I didn't have to turn up. Wow. And that happened a couple of years. Not very often, but it did happen a few years. So It was convenient. Yeah, yeah it worked well for me. It and good well it was yeah. nice but it yeah and i'll get and i give back to someone else which was kind of cool mm. um but yeah it was just it was just um yeah just not being there was actually the nice thing what's the pressure on you go on no sorry, sorry. Go on. no you had something to say i was gonna say i don't want to pick on peter too much but right. it, it's <laughs> another question i've got is um when you see all the stuff about Christmas or all the adverts on the TV and all the stuff and that, does that sometimes make you feel out of place because you haven't got a place, you haven't got your own little family or you, you know, like I said, I don't want to pick on no, you or anything yeah. like that, but does it, does that add emotional upset to you or are you quite comfortable in yourself? Do you know but, what? I, I broke up with a, with a girl around Christmas time and the few years after that, it was tough. But then now, no, not so much. It's it's just but Christmas. Those years it was tough. Was that when you were really grateful that you could go to family and spend the time with family? Because quite often that's quite nice when, you know, life's tough and you can actually go into the bosom of your family and they will help you and they'll be on your side. It's norm normality. Well, it's... Mm, it wasn't normal because I was because again I was quite insular and it was for the most of the yeah. time it was just me. So actually, it was kind of it was ordinary for Christmas that there was loads of us around. Yeah. Um, and I suppose, yeah, in some respects, it did help. Um, yeah. But then in others, eh, I'm not sure. I always I <laughs> always find just that that being surrounded by so many people. Yeah. It, it, it's like, oh, I just really don't want this. I just want to sit on my own and watch a bit of telly or eat a bit of yeah. food or whatever. You're quite a miserable son, aren't you? I really am, yeah. <laughs> bar, bar humbug is is my motto around Christmas. Typical comedian, <laughs> really. Yeah, very much so. Scrooge. 
Ben, what, <laughs> what what pressure do you have because of Christmas? Um, I don't know if it's a pressure or but well, expectations. I guess that expectation is something called the pressure I build on myself. But I kind of view Christmas as my responsibility to make sure everybody else has a good time. Um, from my family, like you know, to make sure that they know they're loved and that I care about them and they have a good time. So, uh, you know, at the moment, I think about my mum because my dad's not around anymore. He died when I was 21. Um, so it's what's mum doing for Christmas? Where is she? She's not on her own or, you know, making sure she enjoys it. Um, and then I think about, you know, my other half family, they've lost, uh, his mum's lost to her mother and this year's their first Christmas without them. So for me, the pressure and importance is, is that we go and make sure that they have a nice time. It is important for me that I help. I don't know. Other people feel supported, feel loved. My family is massively important to me and I, I love them and I want to make sure they know that. But equally, you know, friends are important to me as well. Another example is my, my, uh, one of my good friends, he lost his wife to cancer mm-hmm. um, about five, maybe even longer now, maybe seven years ago. Um, and they had two young daughters, um, you know, sort mm-hmm. of 14 and, and 16. And I knew that their family Christmas for the first time without their mum was going to be horrendous yeah. because the dynamic had changed. Yeah. So for me, it was important that we went to their house on Christmas Day and that I, I almost sacrificed my family a little bit to make sure yeah. that they had a Christmas that they enjoyed. And we've done that for a few years now. But that, thankfully, they've reached that point where they've grown up and but, almost get that independence back. But how so, does that then fit? Because you sacrificed your own family. How did you have pressure from your family because you were doing what you perceived as the right thing? But then were they going, but what about us? And you've said about you and your family, what about your husband's family? You know, what about their needs? And so that's... You know, I guess we're both incredibly fortunate that no, our family's not like that. Yeah. Our family is 100% going to support those people. They need your help and support. Mm. Um, and that's kind of the ethos I've been brought up on. Yeah. Uh, and that's our family's values. And it's about who needs you the most, you go and support. Yeah. And and, and that's really important for me. Really, Which important. is what Christmas is all about. Yeah, I think so. I, I genuinely do. I think that is the fundamental uh, belief of Christmas. That's what it is about. It's about looking after and making sure people who need support need the love and they feel it. it it's interesting because I, 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 I'm not religious. It's, you know, weddings and funerals and that's it for me. Um, but that there's so much learning from religion, which Christmas is all about. It's like the love thy neighbour. And that is you know, and the Good Samaritan and things like that, which really come to bear at Christmas, doesn't it? Well, should do. What pressure yeah. are you under, Christopher? You asked a question. Well, I, I was I... listening to everybody else's thing, and it's interesting because, Ben, I mean, it sounds lovely. It's really, you're really fortunate that you've got those understanding people in your family. I think there's a lot of people that don't have that, and there is that constant emotional battle of, who, who to go and see and who not to. You're always so going to let someone down. There's always that aspect of you're going to let somebody down. You're going to, somebody has to sacrifice something. And that's something that I have to 
manage every year and you know most people most most of the time you get to the conversation everybody's like well just do what's right for you do what mm. you want to do for christmas do what's the best for you but you still can't help feeling that way that you are letting somebody down or you are cutting somebody out so that's definitely a big one on the build up to christmas and then mm. i mean from my point of view as well i'm a divorced dad so my i have my children every other christmas other, the other year they're with their mum so that changes Christmas for me every on a yearly basis it's very different and I've only been doing that for three years now so it's I'm still quite new to it myself and it, that's a struggle in itself I remember the first Christmas I didn't have the children I felt completely out of place not no purpose whatsoever and that was hard for me and with you Peter you're quite happy to show up bring the wine that's you done I can do that I need to have more of an input I need to be more involved you know that's how i how i like to have things so the pressure of not having anything to do is actually harder for me than actually having a place to be and a job to do so this year i'm we're having, i've got the children at christmas i'm having christmas at home we're inviting people around and we're making a big thing of it you know for me that's less pressure than not having anything to do um does that make sense to you guys because that's yeah yeah, it's, I, I like, and I and I have got the pressure of making sure everything's right for everybody. And but I like that pressure. But it's a chosen, chosen yeah, pressure. I like that pressure. The buying the gifts for the kids and everything. I mean, that's always a struggle. Like, thankfully, I've got a lovely partner who's who can help me with that. That's always a, a struggle. But for me, it's lack of purpose is a real pressure on me. And if I haven't got a purpose at Christmas, I it's not enjoyable i think we've all got to the point when we get fed up with people and we say oh sorry i'm not doing anything this year <laughs> and we just do that whole cut your nose off to spite your face and then it never actually comes to it but yeah i think the pressure of not knowing what to do is really difficult yeah and that's something i've had to work out over the last couple of years so so i, I get that because i've now got three grown-up children two have got families and it's like, who do you visit? Who do you do? What are they doing? What's, how do you fit in? Everybody comes to ours, and now they don't come to ours, and they want their own traditions. They're creating their own traditions, and where do we fit in? How do we support their traditions, and how do we keep ours? And what if that person or that member of the family, and that's where the pressure and ultimately can boil over into big arguments and that. So from my point of view, I'm now just going, just tell me where you want me, and I'll turn up. <laughs> Um, whoever whoever asks first, I'm going there. And that's what we're doing. Um, so it is a lot of pressure because you've got to appease everybody because that's what you end up doing. It's not actually making people happy. It's doing the least amount of aggravation. Yeah. Um, and that's the point. So we're getting close to finishing up. So last question I've got, it, it's, you know, there's, the, well, there's two questions. Um, but if you were looking and having a nice Christmas, what makes Christmas special for you? Family. Family. Peter can't say that after what he said. Well, he can. <laughs> of course he can. Of course he can. You can take away all the presents. You can get rid of all the other stuff. But as long as I got to spend time with my family, that would make my Christmas. 
Yeah, I think I think for me it's certain individuals within the family, right? It's yeah. I, I I just like having a hassle-free, agro-free life in general. Yeah, and Christmas seems to be a point where there's aggro and it's it's nonsense aggro right you know someone mm-hmm. ate the last sausage and you're like really do you need mm-hmm. to fight over that um and and so well, they're just excuses aren't they 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 are yeah they are but and it and it just kind of it, it but escalates is that, the nonsense, is that not but... just part of your tradition what eating the last sausage no or, uh, or, no. or people <laughs> arguing over it um well it seems to be yeah but it's it's not one that i particularly like so mm-hmm. i think for me it's what what makes Christmas? If I could have a Christmas where there was no arguing, and and during COVID that happened, I spent Christmas <laughs> with just one. Well, no, I got I got to spend Christmas with just one relative, and not like the twelve. So, and we had a really lovely. But Christmas. what would make Christmas for you is if we had a lockdown. Yeah, that'd be lovely. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think that genuinely genuinely made a lot of people's Christmases lockdown. I think yeah. that really changed the dynamic for people. I, I think it took it away made, pressure. Yeah. yeah, and I think it made people realise what they've got and what they haven't got. Mm, yeah. And what so, they need to do and what they don't need to do as well. Yeah, mm. I think there was some value to that. What makes Christmas for you, Christopher? Do you know what? I mean, you've got the family, you've got the food, you've got everything like that. But actually, I think it's that time where everyone in the country just pauses for a day or two you know i mean you have your birthday but that's just for you everybody else carries on you have anniversaries everybody else carries on but christmas the whole country just pauses for a day or two Mm. there's no obligation to i mean there's the christmas obligations there's all of that but there's no life stresses that everything that's going on work relationships and everything is just put to one side for that day or two or three however Mm. long you spread it out for and everybody's focused on the same thing sometimes that gets too much and we all and everybody ends up fighting each other because they what they you pushed it in too much but the fact that everybody just stops and has that common union almost Mm. all taking the same breath we're just yeah it's just that that's the thing that I find most special about Christmas. And it is mm. nice, nice to do it with your family. Mm. I like Peter, I had a lockdown Christmas where it was just me and my three children. I was the only mm. ones that I could have because one of my kids got COVID. And you know what? It was really nice just to stop, almost stick your finger up to the world and say, We're doing this today. I think that's what's most special about Christmas. No, no pressure. That, yeah. What we're talking about there was no pressure. Peter was talking yeah. about no pressure. Yeah. I mean, take the Christmas pressures aside, but life pressures are te- put are put away. Mm. So what stuck out, What I, I'm just been thinking, listening to you guys, and you're right, all those things are nice. But if I'm really, really, really honest, Christmas dinner, but at the end of the Christmas dinner, when I know I can't eat anymore, is having Christmas pudding. But actually, there's a trifle there as well. I'm putting trifle in the same bowl as a Christmas pudding, and there's something else there. I'm putting it in the same bowl and guilt free, <laughs> putting all your desserts in the same bowl and just eating your way through it when you can't <laughs> actually eat anymore and just keeping going. But it's a guilt free moment where you can put anything in your bowl 
and nobody can say anything because it's Christmas. No. It's, it's great. I love it. It is so true. I mean, if we're talking food, it's got to be the cheese board. I love port and cheese oh, at the end. Yeah, Stack it as cheese. high as you can make it. And well, just well, so I've got to say something which might be offensive now to some people. I'm not that keen on cheese. Oh. I don't you, haven't like... you haven't found the right cheese. Yeah, no, no, it. Che- cheese mm. don't do it for me. Well, but if you mix putting trifle in with your Christmas pudding and your apple pie or whatever, <laughs> just putting it on them cream, cream, cream and custard. Amazing. Uh, you got to have some blue cheese. You've got to have, mm. you know, a nice glass of red wine. It changes the flavour. Then maybe yeah, a bit yeah. of port. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, do, mm. I do like the port and things like that. But, yeah, I can take cheese or leave it. And mostly, the and the strong yeah. cheese I don't like at all. You know, like the blue cheese and that. So I'm, I'm, I'm not on the same pace. But desserts, yeah. So last question I have, and then we're going to wind up. But we might. Well, that was the last question. No, I said there was two. <laughs> you know, jeez, dear, oh dear. So the last question I've got: favorite song, favorite Christmas song, or hymn, or thing, or music. Goodness. Easy. All I want for Christmas, Bob Mariah Carey. Have a good rock around to that. Love it. You'll hear it enough times. Um... And that comes from working in the supermarket when I was young as a teenager, because it used to be the song that we used to play. And as like, supervisors on the checkouts, we used to dance to. Just being mm-hmm. stupid. So it makes me laugh every time. I don't know. I've got a favourite one. Um, you, have, you have to pick one. I think, I think when they're when they when you start hearing them, I go, oh, this one, oh, this one, oh, this one. You know, I don't think I don't think I can choose. You can cheat and maybe pick the kids' one. Well, I don't know what their favourite is. Oh, well. <laughs> I'm trying to help them out here, Peter. Save so, him. So mine, mine used to be Last Christmas by Wham until I found out the Wham the game, and then you have to try and avoid it. So uh, that, that one's kind of gone away. But I do love the Jingle Bell Rock or Let It Snow because it's Die Hard and Die Hard is a Christmas movie. I'm going to be controversial. <laughs> yeah. right oh, no, I, I agree. Yeah. So I think Let It Snow for the Die Hard Christmas movie theme. That's I'll, my favourite. Christopher, you still will come up with. My favourite actually comes back from my school days. It's actually Once in Royal David City. Really? Mm. Yeah. Um, it's beautiful, you know, and I'm not much into music like that or hymns like that, but that sums it up. Now I'm going to add a supplementary question in now. Oh, Peter God, he won't stop now, will he? Peter started this one off. Favourite <laughs> Christmas film? Die Hard. Die Hard. I know Peter was saying, come on, guys. It's got to be Home Alone. It's tradition. Home Alone. Yeah, I've got to go for Home Alone as well on that one. So I can't oh, remember. The, I can't remember the title of it. It's a real thing. It's got um, Martin McCutcheon in there and Love Actually. Love Actually. Oh, it's awful. It's a terrible it's a, film. It's such a bad film. It's terrible. I, mate, I, I, I love a bit of Love Actually. I like. You can't go wrong a with a bit of Love film, Actually. But it, is, but I, it is bad, but it is good. But it's <laughs> one of those guilty pleasures. We put it on, and it's always on nearly every single bloody day between now and Christmas. There's it you yeah. can turn the telly on and find it somewhere. Um, so I end up making my wife watch it, <laughs> and it's just like it's Christmas now. Yeah, oh dear. You know. Okay, so thank you guys. It was I think that was really entertaining, and I, we might do another 
Christmas one before Christmas or whatnot. We've got a lot of things going on. But um, I think there's so much more to explore around the impact of Christmas on us and on people in general. But mm. I think this has been a really fun and important podcast at this time of year. So thank you for me for taking part and sharing your thoughts around Christmas. And the elf in the shelf, would I'd like to say thank you as well. <laughs> uh, thank you from me. Have a Merry Christmas for everybody. Yeah, thank you for me. Merry Christmas to you all and see you at the next one. Yeah, and thank you and goodbye from me. And I hope everybody enjoys their Christmas this year, no matter how they choose to spend it. Thank you, everyone. And remember, you can always look at some amazing blogs on inspiredtochange.biz. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the podcast that proves men do talk. If you would like more information or support, then please visit inspiredtochange.biz, where you can learn more about us and the Inspired to Change team. And remember, the conversation continues on our social media, Inspired Mentor.